Hi everyone, it's Dina McKay and I'm back with a brand new episode of Black Tech Unplugged, the podcast that allows Blacks in tech to share their authentic stories with you, the listeners. Before we get started, I want to let you know that Black Tech Unplugged is the official media partner for the Black Women Talk Tech Conference. This conference takes place in New York City on February 27th through March 1st. If you're interested in attending the conference, go to blackwomentalktech.com slash 2019 dash conference. This is definitely a conference you don't want to miss. And for rocking with me, you can use promo code BTU2019 to get your ticket. Now, this is the first episode of 2019, and this is a very special episode to me. I have my close friends and my aunt on this episode, and we are talking all things tech. We're talking about why tech conferences need to do better and pay speakers. We give the definition of tech, and we also discuss the different levels to tech, such as support, being a consultant, and so much more. And lastly, we talk about how to get a job in tech. So we give interviewing tips and we discuss how to dress. You can find full show notes for this episode on blacktechunplugged.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do, make sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Now let's get it. Hey everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Black Tech Unplugged. I have some very special guests in the studio today. Oh. So first up, we have Matt. Matt, tell us what you do and where you work. Uh, hi, my name is Matt Wills. I am the marketing manager for a company called American Metalcraft out of uh, Franklin Park, Illinois. And then we've got the lovely Darnell. Darnell. Hello, I'm Darnell Martin. I'm a research psychologist. Oh. Teaching health research team at the University of Chicago. Steven. Yeah, I'm Stephen Coyle. I'm an account director at a marketing agency. I sort of manage a portfolio about five hundred million dollars. Um, oh, um, yes. <laughs> is that M with a million? Um, a million? M yes. Yes. How you doing? And um, a team of twelve. And so, yeah, I'm happy to be here to talk about tech. Yes. And then we've got partner in crime, Ty here. Hi. Uh, uh, my, this is going to be my fellow tech person yes. on this episode. I'm Ty Crutcher. I'm a management consultant for a company called Trucks and Consultants, and we specialize in uh, managing large companies that train platforms for technology companies. What I do is I help move large technology platforms from old to new. So that's and you're missing a crucial part of your job, you know, the startup part. Oh, and I also am a part of a startup company. You don't want to talk about it today? Too. I do. I just literally did not put it in there. Um, and we're a tech startup, so look out for us. In the healthcare space. And then we've got all this sexiness in the room. Right. I can't wait. Wait, do I have to use my Marilyn or my Janet Jackson voice? <laughs> <laughs> Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. You know, you're Loretta woman. McKay, and I know nothing about tech, and that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, join the club, because Matt over here knows I, I, nothing I'm about try, tech. I'm trying to get in the club. You are an honorary member of the club. That's Thank you. She oh yeah, I, I've been I've been to the tech conferences with no tech. Yeah, I've, 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 I've been to many of them. Okay, well, I mean, because y'all already um, jumped in with the shade. Let's talk about like going to these tech conferences. Because Ty and myself <laughs> went to um, mm-hmm. where we go. We went to Detroit, and we've been to a few other things. Mm-hmm. It's just Loretta, Ty, and I from our experience with these tech conferences. How are you feeling? You know, I I, I mean, I think that they could be more tech focused. I think any tech. 
Some take any say. No, oh. Okay. I think that you find um, a lot of people who use the word tech and don't understand what tech means. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have people who sit on stages and they like to talk because they want to be seen or they want to be heard, but really don't understand what it means to be in technology or what technology is. And, you know, I get it. It, 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 it expands into multiple, multiple industries. But, you know, at some of the conferences we've attended, I felt that there were a few people on the panel that probably could have sat, uh, not in the audience, at home. Oh. You said drop them off at the house. Ooh. Though, at the we mean give them a ticket to the well, conference. And like, it goes back to conference in general, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people don't understand that the conferences are very expensive, right? That's why there's registration and all that jazz. And a lot of them barely break even. But mm-hmm. what they skip on, typically when they're trying to make money, is the speakers. And like, if you're not paying your speakers, you end up with people who are not in tech <laughs> speaking uh, yeah. because people want to get paid. And yeah. I think a lot of these tech conferences or just conferences in general need to put more funds in the talent area versus sure. the food and the posters well, and things they think that make it like appropriate. I because agree. really what people come to conferences for is to hear the speakers. No, and if you don't I, have quality speakers, then you're back at square one. You're right. I think that they do need to put more money into like high, like getting better speakers. Some content but experts. Content. Yes. It's so important. What, I think that a lot from what from a, a conference that we attended, I won't say which one. Um, <laughs> I think that they did not do a good job. There were some some people that were on the panels and that were speaking that were really good, right? Right, right. But we had a few others where it, it fell a little flat. And I think that it's important to also know your audience. So I think right. that you need to make sure that you put people Most up and are able to talk about certain things. You know, I recently attended a cyber security conference, very small. And I think they did a really good job of picking who sat on the panel, very small panel, but you left feeling like, ha, I learned something. I feel like, though, that's when you should put ownership on the actual conference hosters, right? Mm -hmm. Like when, so I was recently at a um, digital marketing conference uh, here in Chicago and every speaker that I had, they had the, the CMO from Twitter. They had a couple different powerhouses in, in different industries and all it takes is a simple Google search, right? So like if you would have Googled that person's name and this is me talking to the hosters of those conferences, you would clearly know that those pe- are not the right people to be at that conference. And I, and I agree with you. And I also think that there's something about like a moderator, right? Right. Someone who drives the conversation. And even if you are talking about candles, you can use yourself with candles mm-hmm, online, mm-hmm. right? Okay, now does that make you tech? Let me ask you that. Because you sell your candle online. Wait, does that make you tech? I'm just asking. I'm segueing. That's my next question, though. How do we define tech? Because there's no definition. Uh, I mean, it's not the easiest thing. I I would like to hear from everyone else. Yeah, how do you get, yeah, the non tech people? There's a difference between tech and innovation. Right. Mm. And so I think tech is very, very broad and you could define it any which way. I, I mean, even in that broad state, I wouldn't classify the website as tech, but you can argue that it is. I mean, you could argue that it is. Um, I think what we really mean when we say tech is we mean innovation. Who's creating stuff? What's new? What's out there? What's breaking the mode versus mm someone using the normal means of um, business to, you know, yeah. You know, like, you you can't say that, you know, you are like, you have this large 
you know, footprint and you have a store, like that's that's normal, right? Like right. what's outside of that? I think that's what people mean when they say tech. They mean more innovation. I feel like, too, it's like if you leverage tech in some way, you're in tech. So if you have a website, you're in tech. That's mm-hmm. how people think of it. Yeah. But Arnell, give yeah, us your thoughts. So you can sell on Amazon mm-hmm. using tech. Mm-hmm. So to be on the back end of Amazon, that's working in tech, right? right? Right. So for example, my work is very tech adjacent in that some of my teams at my job develop that they work in tech. They develop applications, video video games. Right. That's what they do. I mm-hmm. give them content, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm adjacent. I'm working with it, but I'm not. I would never say that I'm working in tech as someone who's just sort of giving them the, the data that goes into an application or a video game. Interesting, Matt. And then you mentioned digital marketing, and technically that's tech. Technically, it's tech. I mean, people will say. Technically, it's tech. So I, but do you ever say, like, I'm a techie or I work in tech? I, so I would not say that about myself just okay. because I wouldn't want to give myself that, that type of credit. I, I mean, I don't go to the conferences and those things. I'd say that I'm um, a specialist in what I do. Uh, but I did look up the definition of tech. Definition of technology is the collection of techniques, skills, methods, and processes or processes used in the production of goods or services or in the accomplishment of objectives such as scientific investigation. So if I were to spin that into what I do, I do incorporate a lot of technology in the marketing that I do on on an everyday basis. So I work on a website for my company. I I do a lot of the the back of the scenes work. Now, I I wouldn't say that I'm a computer scientist or any of those things that know the, the ins and outs of building a website, but I can use a platform like WordPress and mm-hmm. help build out my website that way. Okay, right. would it be fair then to say that there's different levels of tech, like they're the user, and then there's the person that has a website, then there's the website builder, then there's the person that actually wrote the program that runs yeah. the website? I, I think so. But, but And that's the thing about tech, though, right? Like, it's not just one thing. It's not your computer scientist, right? It's right. not your software engineer. Like, you have so many people that play into the role of technology. In my mind, I like to say things that make life a little bit easier, taking manual process and, and making it automated. And I think that that opens the door for so many people. There's the users, there's the people who develop it, there's the people that, you know, the project managers that implement it. Like, there's so many different levels. And I think that we are all involved in tech. I think that all of our jobs, if your job is not tech influence, I mean, I, I don't know what you're doing right now. I mean, right. every right. industry mm-hmm. in my mind is somewhere, like, tapping on it. Whether you know it or not, you may work in tech. You may not feel like it. You may not think that you do, but you do. I also wonder how how many of us are techies now that everybody has a cell phone, right? Everybody has a a, a cell phone that's a smartphone. Back 10 years ago... Not every cell phone was a smartphone, right? But we had MySpace. We did have MySpace. Well, well you know, me and Ty had MySpace. Ooh, that's you know. dating you. Yeah. I did not. I did not. It was three for high schoolers. I was on Facebook. Oh, I had a MySpace. Oh, I had MySpace and I loved it. 2005. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So we all on the same page. So, like, we was coding on MySpace because, you know, you had to have, like, a cute background. Okay. And your top okay. eight. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. What I've been in y'all top eights. Yeah. Today, yeah. yes. But if I might go back farther, I like that. Huh. Now, that was real coding. Wasn't I feel that like homosexual? MySpace was like copy and paste. But it's still a start. It's yeah, no, exposure. No, definitely, definitely, definitely. It's exposure. Yeah. No, but right. I feel like with Black Planet, like you had to like literally like move stuff around <laughs> for it to look <laughs> presentable. Like you really had to go in there and be like, this don't work in this you format. Know what? And like mm, delete right. it or move it. You, you know. know what? Now that you say MySpace, I think MySpace was able to 
give me direction in terms of the career that I went. So when I started, I just thought I just had this click, aha moment, as Oprah would say, if I can say that. You can say that. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but MySpace, I, I, if you think back on it, we were designing our own websites, right? Yeah. And one of my first internships in college was redesigning a, and building a website. Um, again, I was using a, um, a central management right. system. Oh. But, but, but if you think about it, MySpace, we were putting, we were picking our backgrounds, like Dina said earlier. We were picking music to play on that website when you clicked there. We were designing mm-hmm. how our top eight looked. We were picking the colors and the schemes. I mean, I think that, and I was doing that in 2004, 2005. I think that gave me the ability to move into my career and, and work on putting websites together, right? Because I'm picking colors and schemes and photos that will attract my audience. Right. Mm. I think that's really cool. I, I didn't think of that picking the backgrounds and things. I thought that was no, pretty cool. And I, and, but, and I think that's like where that tech conversation comes in, right? Like yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I can choose my colors and I can choose my fonts. And it's like, but there's a team of people. Absolutely. That are creating are those creating colors and those fonts. Right. Yeah. And I think that, that that's what drives tech though, right? Like you have, someone's at, at some point sat and was like, okay, you know, people are really into websites right now. And I know that everybody can't go into C++. Or, or, and I'm not a coder, so I, I, that's not my world. But it, whatever you use. HTML. But, you know, whatever you use. And I'm sure they were like, okay, wait. We could make this so easy. Not because you're not smart. But we could make right. this so easy where Matt from marketing, who has this mind to drive products, or, you know, however you guys define mm-hmm. marketing, he can use this tool. Well, Google says that marketing is not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the definition is incorrect. But, but I, I think that that's what drives technology. And I think right. that's what we continue to see, right? Like, it was very simple with MySpace. But think about where, even in, like, and I, I tend to lean on healthcare because that's the, the area that I'm in. But it, it changed healthcare, even. You know, like, it was like, hey. There's a need. Like, I know he knows what he's talking about from a marketing aspect. He gets it. He knows that that should not be blue. That should be red. Or, you know, the font should not be bold. It should be whatever. I don't know that. But I do know how to make his life a little bit easier. So let me create tools for him to use, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, that, and I think that goes back to the conference, right? Are we are we pulling in people who use technology? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, yeah. Like I said, if you look at the different levels, yeah. we get a bunch of people from level one. Yeah. Exactly. And there's nobody from level five. Yeah. Right. No, when we gonna when are yeah. we going to get some of those people? But then that brings me to the question of when African Americans think about tech, what are they thinking? And what mm-hmm. kind of jobs are they thinking that they can get? Right. Um in the area of, you know, like the tech world. So my I'm very much like Darnell where I'm adjacent to tech. The the things I use is very technological focus. My mm-hmm. company is always innovating, we're building new products, stuff like that. But I don't work in product. I don't work in coding. I don't when it breaks, I'm not the one fixing it. I'm just the one complaining that it's broken, right? Um but I do I do know how it works, right? I know the ins and outs. I I mean I could never fix it, but I in my previous um position in in, in a different company, I worked um with coders. So I can go into a website and fix something that feels broken. Like I know HTML in that sense or JavaScript in that sense mm-hmm. to fix something that's incorrect. But I could not build it from scratch. I'm not like I'm not like typing code, right? Right. So since we've already established that there's levels or there's layers to tech, 
does someone who is the builder, who is the coder, who is the innovator or doing the, you know, like the midnight hour work for the situation, do they look at people who are the applicators of the tech a little differently? Like, do you, does a coder look at a project, a product manager? differently like do you guys have that relationship and because i don't i don't work with any coders in real life so i don't know so I'm, I'm just curious like do they have that same level of not hierarchy but do they look at their level five then, as a bit more ingrained in tech than a level three that's, that's a good question I mean, right and i feel like we do like similar things so it's like yeah. when you're in a consultant role yeah. and you're a business analyst you're getting all the stuff that they need to do work so you better look at me as an equal because then you can't yeah. do your work i mean because we bridge that gap right? right like we or i'm not about to sit down at some, some table and write call. like that's not what i do if you think that's what nope. i do you have a mm-hmm. <laughs> don't ask me to do that for you mm-hmm. you're like time really? no can't do that for you what i can do <laughs> is take what is what is what makes sense in your world Mm-hmm. And say, hey, okay, so this is what scale of one to ten, what we can do in a in a, in a tech, from a technology sense. And um, we always have to think even beyond technology, though, because you have to stay within budget and within, within your time frame. Right, right. There's a lot. There's a budget's my favorite budget word. Really, <laughs> but no, the budget is real, right? Like people don't mm-hmm. think about that, but it's real because the one thing about people who do work in tech, and I know that sometimes our engineers could sometimes be like, oh my god, I have this really good idea. What we can do, we can do this, and we can build this big thing out. And you're like, okay, wait, whoa, 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 who's gonna pay for that? Like, where did that money come from? Because that's not mm-hmm. in the budget and. It, it's so important to know that, like, really. But I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier. You were talking about if something goes wrong. I kind of heard, what I heard was a little bit of help desk. No, I mean, not necessarily help desk. I mean, you know, if if something goes like we have a, a array of tech people, right? Mm-hmm. There's the engineers, there's integration engineers, and then there's pre-launch and there's post-launch. Then there's the product team, and then right. there's the product team that, that does what you guys were talking about, it's more like budget and scope, and then there's the people who actually build it and then when something goes wrong with our general product our general marketing product that's consumer facing Mm -hmm. the product team fixes it not the post-launch engineers because that's a different scope Mm -hmm. so it's not it's 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 not help desk in the same sense but it is when you're your legacy product is broken, right? When the entire company is down, yeah. mm-hmm. that product team does it. And so it is help desk well, in that sense, but, but it's, it's support, not. Like it's what a, we call support. Support. Yes. And, and, I was gonna say, but, and that's a level of its own. But typically mm-hmm. people don't understand that's something. That's a whole nother ball that's game. Whole, that is a thing from in my mind. Like support is really, really technical. Like do not show your technical support people because they are super important. I mean, you mm-hmm. basic functions, your your access, your Excel, your Word, your your you know, your control off deletes and all that good stuff. That's important. Like that's super important. That's not what I do. And and I, it's not that doesn't mean that they're not in tech. Because they are. I think they're probably more in tech than anybody else. Um Would you consider, say you're working in a company that offers a product, right, to customers that they're logging in and using, whether it's a a bank or anything, and that product goes down, do you you consider people who fixes that support? I think that most times, and Dina, you can, um, but you put together (laughs) training tools and things of that nature where you understand what what went wrong. And it's typically more, I won't say if-then statements, but it's a little bit more like, they go in and they kind of figure that out. And to be honest, they're not really, I don't even want to say the strong point would be tech. I think their strong point would be people management a little bit, right? Like 
they're dealing with angry situations. You have to learn how to calm a situation down. They're not doing anything where they're going in and re like if, if you offered a product and let's say you couldn't log in, um, we're not going to call our software engineer to be like, hey, she could not log into the site, you know, because it's probably user error, right? And so it's you'd be surprised. <laughs> so I guess for me, it's like. So we built these customer relationship management systems. So we'll build this site, right, and we'll give it to the people. And for instance, let's say something goes down. I'll get a message from them. Oh, you know, my website went down for five seconds. Can you figure out why? And it's like, I don't, I'm just as lost as you as why it went down. But then it's like I have to go to someone who's technical and can, like, look at logs that I don't even have access to and be like, okay, it went down for five seconds here because somebody did something. I can tell you what to do for your particular program. And be like a subject matter expert, but there's that further step from that that's like the technical expert. I always, uh, something we did, so my company went through this whole um, transition with the way that we were integrated with our clients needed to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the very technical aspect of my of my job, which I, <laughs> my job is to, to facilitate these changes, not necessarily dictate them, right? Right. Um, and so we had to get all of our clients integrated differently within a matter of months, which takes a lot out of our engineers, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a, we call them CIEs, um, client integration engineers that are um, working on that. And so um, once we got my entire portfolio, our office sort of integrated over, we like bought them a gift. We bought them donuts, something very, very simple. We mm-hmm. do this for our personal team all the time yes and so we got a response from them it was like like the main like the head CIE was like I've worked here five years and no outside team has ever showed us appreciation in any magnitude Mm -hmm. so you look human yeah Yeah. and so and so I just wanted to like anybody's listening like 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 we've established before like we've all working with tech in some capacity at our jobs just remember them when you're mm-hmm. doing your team appreciation, because it's not always your immediate team. Sometimes it is that extended support, quote unquote, tech team that is driving a lot of your day. And, you know, they are around and they deserve the same amount of pat on the back or gold star. And this is why tech, it's important in technology companies that you have a variety of people and people with different backgrounds and understandings. Like, you know, Google would not be Google if they just had people sitting back. Diversity. Right. You need to bring in different backgrounds, different people. I mean, most tech companies, if not all, have a marketing team. They have have, uh, PR. They have human resources. I mean, there's so many different levels to to different to these tech companies, and I think that, with, like you said before, those small gestures where you show that appreciation often gets overlooked. <laughs> I, I, well, I want to switch though to diversity because we all know it's an issue. But why? Why do people say they can't find us nowhere? I mean, this. And I think the right biggest now. thing that aggravates me most, and and I've seen on the news recently, you know, there's this company out there. Oh, we've got all these jobs, but we can't find anybody to fill them. How can you not find somebody to fill the job? What skills is it? Define for me what skills you need that somebody doesn't have. And like I said, you show me any job and you show me how to do it, I can train somebody how to do it. Right. Well, first off, when you have a job description, most of the time it's they don't these people don't know what they want. Well, well, I would say that I'm a big part of hiring at my company. Every single time I'm doing a phone screen, I'm <laughs> watch like, you, watch what you said. I hope. This is recorded. I just hope. 
And it's not always the case. And I would say, I would, I would say, I, I'm not a part of currently, I'm not a part of like the resume screening side. So I know a lot of stuff gets lost in that process, but some of the resumes that do get through are not good. Like I remember when I was looking for a job, mm-hmm. I was like, I was reading every article. I was doing everything on resume and all this stuff. And like, people are not doing that now. And I think, I think it's, um, you know, how, you know, like in the housing, there's always like the buyer market and the seller market. I mm-hmm. think it's an employee market at this moment. And like, they're not putting the same amount of energy. They're not, they're not, they're not doing the same amount of things. And I would love to hire a, div- like a diverse situation, but they're, mm-hmm. they're honestly not coming in like that. Do you really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you, yeah, yeah. this is like your field mm-hmm. yeah. explicitly. Yeah. <laughs> It is. Like, so currently I'm running an LGBTQ employment program, well, two of them, one in research, one in just direct service. And so because of that, I'm really sensitive to quality of resumes, mm-hmm. quality of interview skills. And I can tell you that it can be very challenging when someone has not had the mentorship or sort of the, the, sort of the tactics around making sure that your stuff is clean. Mm-hmm. Because other folks have, and they're showing up ready ready for that job. They've read that, that job description, they're using all the words from it, they're referencing how they've done it before, they're not expecting that we're going to sort of have an automatic bond. Mm-hmm. Which, while, while I love people who look like me, mm-hmm. we have not already known each other and don't do that in an mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because now I'm like, oh, are you going to work? What, what do, you, do you think that it's due to uh, maybe a lack of resources, like Maybe these people don't have um, people, or they're they're not places to go. Maybe there's not the right places to go to help them build these resumes. But let's take How a step back. Go back, because with that, because we got the internet on the phone, on the computer, we got Google. And, Google and, and, works. And, no, 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 and that's true. Well, we get friends and family right. resumes all the time. Yeah. Um, and I'm also someone who hire people, but. <laughs> Anyway, so, um, and I mean that in a good way. Equal opportunity. Equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, but I was going to say is that I have no- I've noticed that sometimes the quality of some of my people, okay. I-, I need for you to listen because there's some of you that didn't resume, and we have to work on that a little bit hard. Because I, I need you to understand that you are applying for it. Like, like, you should go with it. Go. When you put that resume together, act as if though this is the last thing you will write in your life. Like, I don't need to see grammatical errors. I don't need to see like font, like where it looks like you copied and pasted like what you found online and dropped it. Mm. Like, I don't like. Come on, like seriously, like it's enough that you are black. It's enough that your name may not allow you the interview. I don't need for your resume to also do that. And and I and I, I know that sounds bad, but I remember working in places where. Like, I knew based on who submitted the resume what they were. But then you would look at it and it's like, oh my, there's wrong sentences. You know, you're, you're, okay, you know. so so answer me this. So if you had a person that had, you're looking to fill this position and they had 10 years of experience in mm-hmm. this field that you're, you're looking to see the, to fill the position in, mm-hmm. and you get their resume and just say there's a typo, a couple, just say it's a couple. A typo okay. on. Would you pass that resume and and not consider that candidate? I per well, I'll say this, and I'll let everybody else go. I personally will. I'll look at the no. I'm going to continue to read it, but I've been in meetings 
with people when we were taking in a bunch of resumes mm-hmm. and other individuals that are not like me throw them out. I, I mean, I, I make errors off the top. I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect. Right. So I get it. And I, I right. But there are other people who are like, look at that line. Like, you know, they, instead of saying T-H-E-I-R, they say T-H-E-R-E. You know, like right, those right, things. right. And they will throw, like, I have seen people throw things out for the most, like, small thing. And they're like, you know what? Because, and how they justified it, you know, what if you were working with a client? And what if that was, instead of, Ten million dollars. That was two million dollars, and we made something. You know, like those are the type of things. And they, and, and, and not only that, I think too. So I've done hiring at my company and interviewing, and I think there's a lot of competition that's out there, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's five people, and that's just five applying for one job, and you're really really great, and you have ten years of experience, but you don't know how to spell there. I might go with somebody who has five years experience, who has proofread their resume. And I'm not saying that that's right. And I'm not necessarily saying that I do that. There's people who I work with, my bosses, who will, will talk about you. They will talk about you. Like they will, one person in my office will literally say, he will stop paying attention to the interview. If he finds, he will literally look at this resume. And if he sees he's a font guy, he does not like fonts. Like if, if he can't read it and I work. Yeah. So like, I need you to be able to like write a complete sentence. If your resume is in complete sentences, like there's some resumes who just pull a quick bullet point and it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. But if you got a bullet point and then a sentence and a bullet point and then a sentence, you're not being consistent. And I need you to, at least, like, this is the your first impression. I haven't met you yet. I just see your paper. And if I see that on your paper, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at you a little differently. Now, if you come in and you, and you knock the interview out of the water, then maybe that's a different story. But there's five other people that are also interviewing. Well, well all right. Yeah, so let's a, get the resumes right. Yeah, yeah. Very important to remember that, like, all these companies hire differently. And so mm-hmm. any article you find online that's like the top tips to get hired, read that, take some like foundational things. But and then the date is very, very different. The way the company that I work for now hires is really different before. Before the the hiring manager interviewed you and if she likes you, done deal. Here you go through like six people and they all wow. have to agree. It is mm-hmm. not like a and so And you forgot about the test. Do you don't do, forget about the test. Uh, that's Deep enough I go there. I'm still hurt. You're still hurt. Um, and so, yes, we, we, we like do have a test and I don't agree with tests. That's like the one thing that I'm, yeah, I'm, cause some I'm like people just for. don't test well. Right. Absolutely. I, I'm one of them. I, I'm one of them. I hate oh, the man. idea of a test. I think it's, it, I think it's so, don't we, it's so don't, ridiculous. Don't we as a race though statistically not do well on tests? Like, cause they're biased. The averages, yeah, yeah, yeah the averages yeah. of the ACT or the SAT, African American scores are typically and, lower. And, and, and right. But I want to say, but what do we tell people who are black and maybe they're looking to work in tech. Where do we tell them to go? What what is the you know, because mm. it's it's tough and there's a shit ton of them out there. Where do they go to get the resources that they need to make sure that they're right. and that they're like what websites CI, are like the CI3. best interviewing yeah. website or books. I want you to come to the interview also. I want you to be dressed appropriately. I don't mind your kidney heels. Okay. I love that. He lied. You. You know, he lied. He's lying. Have you know do something make sure you know make sure your appearance is like, well, let's actually in, like right? talk about the interview, like the look and what you, how you should present yourself in the interview. Wow. Let's start with the look. <laughs> so, so, so I'm gonna say like, and it goes back to my comment earlier that everybody hires differently because. Right. So we do a panel interview typically if we can get everybody scheduled in line, which is actually very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's three, there's three people in the room and. 
there's probably one person. That's intimidating. That is yes, right. There is, there is. So there's two, there's even a room. There's probably one person who identifies that. Like your clothing, your appearance. I'm not that person. I don't look at anything you. you have on. As long as you're not scantily clad or right. or dirty Gucci or stink. Like that's not, I. I am not going to interview and be in um be like oh you weren't wearing a tie or oh you, like but but and that's not to say that that's wrong i'm just saying like that's just not the that's no way that i think about things and so i don't know darnell making a face I'm, How i mean no no he's had a couple no, faces. i gotta have a gucci let, tie let, let me finish let me finish i'm not gotta have on my red bottoms <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not your, not your Louboutin. Yes. I'm not saying that Louboutin. like 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 you shouldn't show up dressed <laughs> appropriately and dressed to the nines. I'm just saying like a lot of people hear these things and they think, well, that's all I have to do. Like I have to mm, make sure that you. I look great and I'm so presentable. But if you're not a good, if you're not good for the job, you're not good for the job. And you right. looking good, it's not going to get you that job. Right. And 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 that's all I want people to remember because there are some people who they will interview with who who. Who don't remember a single thing they have on? Like mm-hmm. we hired this one guy, um, like a, a like a little while ago. He recently just started. Um, but at an interview, one of the girls was like, "Oh my god, he was dressed so nicely," and I was like, "I couldn't remember. I I couldn't tell you if he had on a suit or. I mean, I know he wasn't dressed like a bum because I mean, yes, there's like the extremes, right? Right. But like, as as long as you're enough to pass the, the general test, it. it it's I just feel not like that's my you, though, in general. I know, I know. Right. But, I look but, at, I look at what you wear. But like I said before, like we like interview three people at a time, and mm-hmm. I've been in several debriefs with people we've hired, people we've not hired, people we've said was horrible, and there there may be one person out of the three who comments on their clothes, but that's not like an everybody thing. So it's right. not just the me thing. Yes, that that is a very me personal thing right. but I mean in general in business it's not an everybody thing and that's all I want to say about and that. also I'm not I'm not that unlike Steven actually because in my actual hiring I care much less about what you're wearing I'm a yeah. research scientist thank you can you do research right? mm-hmm. I, I don't care if you wear cute clothes because a lot of folks wear cute clothes and don't have much upstairs to, to present, right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but when I'm training folks to get jobs I tell them to think about clothing because I know that the market tends not to be very friendly, mm-hmm. especially if you're a person of color, especially if you're queer, if you don't sort of fit the, the cultural mold, mm-hmm. right? So I often encourage folks to try to make themselves able to do that, recognizing that I don't actually believe that should be a barrier to entry. Um, I, you know, I think being appropriate is great, but who defined what was appropriate, right? Like, right, right. Really honest. A lot of the rules mm-hmm. weren't made for us in the first place. Mm-hmm. They're kind of anti-poor, right? They want to have a suit mm-hmm. you can't afford. And you know, right. The last job was low income, but they're like, well, wait, why don't you wear a nice suit? How, when was I going to buy that nice mm-hmm. suit? Yeah. I think about, you know, uh, Ocasio-Cortez. She yes. showed up to work at, at, at Congress, and they're like, she's dressed too nicely. She's like, it's nice enough. And it's like, but... She wasn't making that kind of money mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. So right. what are these rules? And what are they actually, what are we really betting? It's right. somebody's bias. No, right. And yeah. I, I, I also want to say that when I made the comment about, um, I'm not owning the, I was saying I was the clothing person. But I'm saying, <laughs> I, you know. I, I, we know your voice. I, I'll, say, I'll, I'll throw shade. But I, I've never judged anybody for what they had on. But mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, be on time. Don't right, right, right. You know, because, and, and let's just be real. 
just because you see that I'm black doesn't mean that you walk in there and be like, my dear, you know, we good? You know, like, don't, 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 because I don't, these are my friends here. I, have I ever came to y'all and be like, my name, have you ever heard me say that? Have you had that? Not. Have you had that yeah. in the interview process? Have, yes. Wow. I've had, had that. What? I've had that before where people think that we're we're so cool. And I'm like, you know, like, don't, like, presentation, like, I don't think presentation is just clothes. I right. think that it's also in the way that you carry yourself, meaning that your personality, right. maybe it's the way your your energy. Like I don't look at your clothes. I, I mean, I look at people's clothes because that's what I do. But I'm not. I will never turn a person away because they have them kitten heels. Although I make it but I do not care if you have that on. I don't. I really don't because I've had. I've had. I remember there was a girl that came into our office. This is in my last company, and I love. I remember I came home and told Steve. I was like, I love this girl. Like. I mean, she had a natural. She, this, this was like I'm like I'm working with her. Yes. Right. Everybody in my office loved her. She was. I, I don't know what she had on. I mean, I, I could not tell you what she had on. But she came in and she was on time. Mm-hmm. Her personality was there. The energy that she brought into the, into the office was good. Mm-hmm. And I liked it because she was not. She wasn't being what we would say as. Um, she wasn't acting a, a, a different race. Oh, you want to just co- talk about code switching? Code switching. I'm just saying, she came in as who she was. It was right. very, I felt very much so like I was um, around my girls on Insecure. And like she, okay. she was, but it was professional as hell. And I love that. And Sorry I, I to like, bother and, you? Yeah, no. Oh, <laughs> God. But it was, <laughs> but it was good. I, I love but, it. And I think but, be who you are, but be on time. Bring your energy. People, especially in tech, I mean, I, I feel like the tech companies I've been a part of, they don't want you to come in there. I mean, you come in with a full suit and the, the tie and all that is not necessary. When you when we interview you... What about jeans? So, oh, good question. Do not wear jeans. Even if do they wear jeans, don't wear jeans. wear jeans. I, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. To work. But if you walk into that interview with jeans and a flip you will, you will right. Like but so so I feel like I feel like that's like I feel like that's a catch too, right? Because right. there is the research a company, figure out the culture, and then mm. you in the same sense of wearing jeans, there there are there are companies and I've read this from their moms, it's like if they show up with a suit on, they're not a good fit because they didn't do their research. Right. And I'm like, right. but what is really a pro like, but, like I would agree, but I would agree with what Ty was saying that even if it's it's a culture where they wear jeans, mm-hmm. come in a pair of khakis. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Isn't no, there a happy medium between right. a suit and so, jeans? So, right. so but how do you know what that happy medium but, is? So you gotta research. So well, gonna... even when I went to the company I'm at now, they we wear jeans. But when I went to the interview, you best believe I had on some dress pants. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Like, cause I, cause I wore right. a suit. I wore a suit for the company that I interviewed for, and Don't we are super jeans? casual. Yeah, we're super <laughs> casual. And so, I mean, I feel like that works normally. But this particular mm. company that I that I was reading about, like, they were penalizing people for coming in, quote unquote, overdressed. I'm like, oh, how geez. do you penalize an interviewer for wearing a suit to I an interview? Oh, we're not like that. We're we, you know, we're we're like flip flops and cargo pants. But if they were flip flops and cargo pants, you would get them out too. I, I know I've read what you've read too. Two, but two two important things. One is there's resources like Glassdoor. Um, mm-hmm. Go on blast. Right. Read right. about interviews and see what pe- other people have gone and interviewed. They'll right. There's a lot of information out there. Like, use that. But also, do not be afraid to ask the HR person. Right. You can always go That's to the true. HR right. person or the recruiter and say, hey, 
what do I need to wear? You know, I mean, I'm 10 years in my career. And that's and extra, I'll ask that question. Right. That's extra effort. I think that, that gives you a point, a, a, exactly. some, point some more points exactly. going into the interview. That this exactly. person actually so, cared and asked questions. Or if you know somebody that works there. This episode of Black Tech Unplugged is brought to you by Atnocrats. Go beyond social media advertising with Atnocrats, an advertising advisory and media agency focused on connecting brands with audiences across television, radio, digital billboards, and online. Media buying services are priced to serve businesses of all sizes with ad spend minimums starting at $12.50 a day. Visit adnocrats.co to learn how the adnocrats are making it easier for brands to increase growth. That's A-D-N-O-C-R-A-T-S dot co. Now, back to the episode. Yeah. Say that it's interesting. Actually, there's a subset of, of people of color, black folks in particular, mm-hmm. who are doing exceptionally well yeah. because mm-hmm. they are so highly qualified, right? And so right, for sure. that part of the market is getting sucked up so quickly that a lot of those we end up engaging with are somewhere different, to be quite honest. Sure. And to be able to really push the idea of mentorship, for example, like I think we've gotten away from the idea of you need to have a mentor and actually be engaging with them and yes. talking about how do I do this? Who do you know? Mm. Right. Like, right. Who do I mm-hmm. know mm. they can link me to? Right. How do I network for real at the networking event? Not just be cute. Because again, you can have your red bottoms on. You can be dressed for Oh, real here we go. But are you networking? If you in them kitten heels, you you networking. That's right. That's right. The kid is clicking them. That, that uh, cyber security thing that I went to recently, um, that was actually one of the things that, and it was part of Allen Tech. But they were they were talking. Mm. One of the things the girl, one of the girls that um, working with them, she mentioned. She said. Um, People often come to her and say that they can't find mentors. And she said that, you know, you typically think that these are people who are maybe like undergrad, that haven't graduated yet, but I need a mentor. But there are a lot of people who are in the middle of their careers. Maybe you're in that mid-management level mm-hmm. and still need, mentorship is important. Yes. You still need those mentors. And she was like, how do we create those environments? And I think that's one of those initiatives they're going to take on. Board. How, I thought that was so interesting. How do we create that environment? Like how as people who are in a level where we would need a mentor and also be in a position to, to be a mentor, like how like where we find that because I would like one of the things like my company hires entry level all the time like that's mm-hmm. just the the bulk of our employing and I always say like when I'm in these meetings and we're, and we're talking about how we can't fill this wreck in X Y and Z city I was like I'm so far removed from college and entry level mm-hmm. candidates that mm-hmm. I don't I honestly could not even go to my network and find people who could apply for these jobs like how do we tap into that resource now. Well, That's I, I think that for mentorship, I think that, I think people just need to communicate more. I think, yeah, it's I, a relationship I, thing. It is. I think that, I mean, I will never walk up to someone who was, um, who may have less experience than me and be like, I'm going to be your mentor. Like, that. Right. Cool. Right. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to your Can you imagine the side eye? Who think you, you are? Let's say if you were to host a networking event. Let's say if we went to that same networking event and it was like, you know what, this is a this is a, a, a portion of the program where we're going to like mingle and meet mentors. If you want to be a mentor, maybe stand on this side. If you mm-hmm. need a mentor, mm-hmm. stand on this side. Or, you know what, if, you, if you're at level, if you're at year 10 in your career, 
stand over here mm-hmm. and year five over here. And you know what? For the year one, you stand back here. So year one, you go talk to someone in year five. You find somebody in year five until you get to year five and then you go talk to year 10. Like something like that. I, th- I think that it just, we have to create those environments. But I, I literally think that we need to find opportunities in those environments. Yes, I like, agree. Hey, like I see that you've done it. You know, like I, you guys are great. And, I, and what you know is not all of you. I tell people like my sister and some of her friends, I'm like, hey, I know people who, I know people who, I know, I share that. I'm like, if you have, I'm not going to force them on you. But if you ever want somebody to talk to, you know, like I recently had a friend that told me that their um, niece was thinking about going to Princeton. And I said, hey, I know someone. I have a great friend that went to Princeton. Not that she would be her, not that she would come to you and like ask you for, you know, 80 hours of your day, but if you needed somebody just to talk to about the admission process or what it was yeah. like to be black yeah. in Princeton, I'm like, use that. Like, I right. know someone who has a tech, a tech podcast. You know, like, <laughs> this is what you do, and this is what you, you know, I, I, I think that it's like oversharing in those situations and, and reaching out to some of the people that we know that are younger than us and utilizing those are friends. And I'm like, you know, marketing, whatever. I'm always like, listen, I know people and I will connect you with those people, but I want them to also want to be connected. Right. They and never come to us. Right. And right. that's the key. I think it, it, like I said, it's a relationship thing. You can't, I mean, you can meet somebody at an event and you may want them to mentor you, but if you met them and there was no connection and there's no, there is nothing else that brings the two of you together, that's kind of difficult. Like my uh, mentor, she actually came to me and said, you know, I'll mentor you and, and was giving me advice in my career. Shout out to Pat Holloway. <laughs> hey, Pat. Uh, How you doing? <laughs> Hey, I, she's been my mentor for years and will get, you know, I can call and say, hey, this situation is going on at work. What do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. And she will tell me, but we have a relationship because we had a working relationship mm-hmm. before she actually became my mentor. So it's got to be a reason for you to have a relationship with that person. You just can't force a relationship. But I mean, if there's right. mentors out there with tenure, if you want to reach down to a person that's, you know, at a, at a lower level or, or just, you know, starting out in industry, please reach out to them because they, first of all, they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. I think too, it's about being inviting, right? I think it's, yes. all, it's easy for all of us in the room to say, why aren't they reaching out to us? Why aren't they coming to us? Right. But I think it's a little bit of an intimidating situation for someone to be like, the door be, is closed. Right? So like for, <laughs> right? So for instance, we just hired at my company, I um I just hired two new um women to work um in my department, the marketing department, and they are both fresh out of college. And a lot of the conversations that we have on a daily basis is just me telling them that I'm here for you. I never right. want you to be stuck. If you Very ever have good. a question, come and talk to me. And I'm I'm opening that up for them. And just like my boss did for me. And so when she said that to me, one Christmas, I surprised her with a big bouquet of flowers and asked her, I said, will you be my mentor? And we, we kind of had boss. this, my boss, yeah. Oh, and nice. I, we had this connection where she was in tears and I was in tears, but I knew that I could go to her for anything. I, I think that's like amazing. Like, I, I love that. But I also tell people to also look for people outside. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Outside of race and outside of what you already do. Question, though, being black and working in America, has Mm -hmm. you ever been somewhere where it's someone was like Matt, where they're like, you're welcomed in. I will help you any way I can. Or is it more so usually like you hear? And take it one step further, because we have four people who identify as gay in the room (laughs) that um, 
that that have that right <laughs> I, me too how you doing let's be honest at, at least in the environments i've worked in there have not been a lot of african americans in my office right um from an engineering perspective i think there were zero in my life do you have a problem with that i do have a problem with that. i have a very big problem with that only because i think that we should see more i think it's difficult. I, I I definitely think that we should have more black people there. I mean, I know that, you know, maybe they didn't apply or or, or whatever, but I would. Resume had a grammatical error. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still Bring there. Bring it back. Bring they it shut back. Over the kid actually, here actually, when I left, it's so weird. When I left, the client that I work for now, one of the guys that worked in their tech department was looking to go to my old company. Mm-hmm. And he, re- he reached out to me. And he mm-hmm. said, hey, I see you were a black guy. You used to work here. I can't find any other black people that work at that company. Can you tell me your experience? I gave him the I, uh, full experience. I told him exactly what I felt um, as a black man working there. Mm-hmm. And I, told him, I mean, it wasn't all bad, but I, I told him the truth. And now they have a black guy working for the company. He works mm-hmm. here now, which is, which is interesting. I, I think it's great. But I, I literally was like, I wonder if, do you think that black people would feel more comfortable if they work from, I mean, because some of these, invi- I mean, mm-hmm. you may know, like, I see what you mean. Some people just have unconscious bias. They have a way of speaking to you that you probably are maybe not as comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But I feel like whenever I go to an event or something, one of the first things people say is I'm the only person that works in, you know, this environment. And two, it's something along the lines of it makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. For me, like, I'm like, I don't care if I'm the only one. And then, right. and, and then the the longer your career you go, you you get used to being the only one. Like I'm right. used to being the only one in the room. Like oh. that whole that, that I I know you don't Wait, what do you want mean? to be. I gotta, what do you mean, Darnell? You don't want to be used to it. What do you mean? And what's we we don't feel the same urge to make room once we get accustomed to the mm-hmm. fact that it's just gonna be me, mm-hmm. right? And so I think mm-hmm. so even with thinking about adaptability, if we had more folks of color in the room. It's more easy to adapt because I'm not just adapting to this environment. Right. I'm also like, oh, there's something familiar, right? So right. I've got mm-hmm. a touch point. This may not be my preferred working environment or working style, but I've got something that sort of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absent that, it's like, wait, right? What's to sort of keep me? What's to keep me here? What's to sort of keep me? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we're able to, you know, by hook or crook, sort of get other folks in the room, mm-hmm. so we can have that because we can't mentor our folks. If they're nowhere around, True. I have something. I have something though. So, 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 I will. Love, I will let you take on this. Um, in season two or season one of Insecure, yes. Molly had her first black coworker. It was a black woman, oh, yes. and she was in Molly's sense mm-hmm. a little too much for the yes. office, right? And she she tried to help homegirl out, right? I don't remember if we ever followed up with that storyline, but. From what I understand, those situations, yes, it's it's all cool and ha-ha laughs at first, and then one thing goes wrong and they turn on you, right? So how are we supposed to I, – I, I guess the question is how does that adaptability go the opposite way, right? Mm-hmm. We're used to being the one in the room. Mm-hmm. One comes in. We're their touch point, right, for they to feel comfortable. But then – they do something that makes us uncomfortable. Yep. And then they don't mm-hmm. listen to us after we try to well, help them. Well, well, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Because I want to say that there are other, the white. I was going to say, is, it our, I, is that but our problem? Yes, yes, but this is black and tech. So yeah, I just well, want to, no, you know. Well, no, I, yeah, but, but if you relate it back. Uh, 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 let me, no, no, no. I want to say that because I, I do know this thing that I remember that moment. 
But I don't think we should hold her to a certain thing like, oh, well, you did this to make me uncomfortable. Because my white coworkers make me uncomfortable all the time. I mean, not only as a black man, but as a gay man. Like, there's, I, I, I told you what happened the last event we went to. No names. The conversation that we had with one of the partners of my firm. And I was literally walking oh, yes. away from there like, I don't even know if I can continue to work here because of what he said. You know, but I won't go into that. The, but, but off air, I, off but air. I was going to say this, that I think that the responsibility lies with us, especially when you mentioned management. Find some way, somehow, get those black people in the door, right? Maybe they're not your, they're not on your same level. Maybe it's someone else that's an entry level. But start planting those seeds. I think that's where the responsibility is. Start planting those seeds, getting those people in the door, mentoring them, building them up. So that way, maybe they can do the same thing. So now we're going from one black person in the company to maybe five. And then, yeah, there are some that are going to, that maybe you may not vibe with. We all don't vibe with everybody. Like that's just, that's life. But I think that we have a responsibility to find ways to bring those people in. So I'm, I'm a researcher. So in, in, the, in the academy, we found that lots of folks hire one black professor and they're like, go. And then they fail. And they're like, what happened? Because one won't do it. You've got to cluster right. is our very real thing. Because I need peers. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. someone's already been there is one thing, but having peers, one, there's more of us, so we can have our own internal diversity, right? So we can sort of work some things out together. We can be different in various ways. We bring one in. They, they're the exemplar. They have to, they have to sort of right. hit it. So I think about having frank conversations with those folks when they are new. Um, if they don't receive it, that, that's a choice. But we figure out how to have them. And if, ideally, if there's more than one of them, they can sort of, they won't be sort of black so-and-so, right? It's not like, well, Rashonda. There's actually a few people. Like, can Rashonda make it? Is she going to be too urban? Is she going to wear, is she going to wear stilettos? Well, now that we've been here for about over two hours, <laughs> I'm going to let you guys have your, your final words. We'll start with Loretta. I will say, um, you know, we talked a lot here about uh, getting jobs. So and the thing, you know, that I'm walking away with for that you guys are saying, especially those who are doing recruiting, is make sure their resume's tight. My final word would be just reach out to people. Like, if you're listening, if you know somebody, like, then it's evident that people are, they really want help. So reach out, find people. If you can't find them, look me up on LinkedIn, and I, I will help you. I, I swear. <laughs> Stephen, I I guess my final thought would be that um, it it takes a lot from everybody um, and like your environment to really make a career happen and to find a place that fits you. And a lot of people, you know, are looking for jobs and that's it. And they're not thinking about like, what if the job makes you work from home suddenly? And like, that's not what you enjoy, right? And mm-hmm. so it, it, there's a lot of nuances that comes with working in corporate America, um, particularly in tech. And um, so I say one, be prepared for those nuances, but two, be aggressive enough to where you're looking for a fit that also works for you, not just a fit that is the nice title or likes your outfit or X, Y, and Z, that it's it's enough to fulfill you every single day because you spend most of your life at work. Darnell. Yeah, so I will say as soon as you can, make a shift to thinking about career versus just jobs. Because then you're able to think about trajectory, right? Like, mm-hmm. what does this particular job add to me that moves me toward my next step? 
right? It may not be everything that I want. It may be sort of tech adjacent. It may be at the starting point. But how can I leverage that for the next thing? I would also say be flexible, right? So I'm someone who works in the academy as a researcher, very tech adjacent. I work with folks who are bona fide tech people, right? Mm -hmm. They are not in industry. They are in a research lab developing games for sexual health. No one told, no one tells seven-year-olds, ten-year-olds, fifteen-year-olds that's a career, but it is, right? Right. To so be able to think about your skills in a flexible way, where could you apply them? Who can you connect with? Um, what's what's something new that the world needs? Right? How can you fill mm-hmm. a gap um, with your skills? Because in some ways, that makes you someone you can't can't be turned down. Right. Someone who who we want, who we are looking for, and who we're searching for. Uh, to do that work. And last but never least, Matthew. Aw, I think he should have ended. That was a good ending. I have two. So the first for me is um, mentors, right? Mentor and that word I think is very heavy. I think even for somebody like me who um, is seven years out of college, almost seven years out of college, when I hear people say I have this mentor and this mentor and these many mentors, I'm a little intimidated, right? Mm -hmm. So I say, to have a definition of mentor for yourself, right? Who can you look to? Who can you talk to that can give you advice? Maybe that word is not mentor. Maybe that person is just um, some type of guidance counselor for, or someone who has gone through the different things that, that you have that can lend advice. That's number one. And number two is ask questions. My mom, shout out Brenda, um, has always told, yeah, two Brendas in the room. My mom has always told me, I remember this from early on, Ask questions. The teacher is there to answer your question. That was the first time I heard that. At work, ask questions. I had an, I had a, um, a issue with one of my my newest hires where she was afraid to ask questions, and so she was just doing the work, but it wasn't right. Mm. You have to ask questions. Always, always ask questions. It could be the boss. It can be your mom. It could be your financial advisor asking about a four hundred one k. Never be afraid to ask questions. Thanks for listening to the current episode of Black Tech Unplugged. Again, I'm Dina McKay, and you can find me and the podcast on Instagram at Black Tech Unplugged. And you can find today's guest social media information on the show notes at blacktechunplugged.com. And if you haven't already, please go subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you have a few extra minutes, make sure to leave a five-star review, too. It would help me out a lot and help other people find the podcast. Until next time.